Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Matt Fisser. I'm going to be tackling this week myself as Adam and Nicole are out at the AICPA conference, keeping up with all the latest PCAOB and SEC developments. And I'm very jealous of that. But this week, I will be discussing the highlighted importance of the statement of cash flows from the SEC, the latest ASU over the segment reporting, and end with a recap of SEC's enforcement results in 2023. So let's jump right in. Following up from our last episode, where we noted the FASB added targeted improvements to the statement of cash flows to its technical agenda, this week we are highlighting the SEC comments and the importance of the statement of cash flows, that it is an integral part and a complete set of financial statements, and as such, should be subject to the same scrutiny, due professional care, internal controls, and high-quality audit procedures as the other financial statements. The Commission observed that this financial statement is consistently a leading area of financial restatements. It's only logical, then, that they believe companies and auditors have not always applied the same level of rigor and attention to the statement of cash flows. We're all aware, but I never like to assume here. So to simplify, the statement of cash flows helps investors evaluate where the company is getting its money, how it is using it, and if it has enough to continue operations and service its obligations. The SEC wanted to remind issuers and auditors corrections for prior period amounts, commonly called little r restatements, included in the statement of cash flows, still requires an objective analysis from a reasonable investor's perspective when evaluating materiality of both the impact to financial statements and the internal control over financial reporting. The commission highlighted that to conclude an error is not material because it is only an error in classification, that is whether operating, financing, or investing, is not a compelling argument. Determining the appropriate classification of cash flows can require significant judgment, and thus it is important that both issuers and auditors identify these early enough so they can be properly evaluated. When it comes to internal controls, as the amounts reported in the statement of cash flows are reconciled to the income statement and balance sheet changes, controls around those financial statements may indirectly address risks in the statement of cash flows. It was emphasized that more direct controls should not be overlooked. The statement released specifically noted controls over classification and disclosure of non-cash items. Now, turning to the FASB, they recently issued an ASU over reportable segment disclosures. According to FASB Chair Richard Jones, this guidance is a product of extensive consultations with stakeholders who expressed a need for more detailed insights into a public company's segment expenses to make more informed financial analysis. So what's in this latest ASU? Well, let's break it down. First, public entities are now required to disclose annually and on an interim basis significant segment expenses. These expenses, regularly provided to the chief operating decision maker, will be included within each reported measure of segment profit or loss. The ASU also discusses other segment items. Public entities need to disclose these items by reportable segment, accompanied by a description of what makes up this category. Essentially, it's the difference between segment revenue and the significant expenses disclosed, along with each reported measure of segment profit or loss. All annual disclosures about a reportable segment's profit or loss and assets must now be provided in interim periods as well. And a little clarification for those wondering what to do if the chief operating decision maker uses multiple measures of a segment's profit and loss. Companies can report one or more of those additional measures. 
However, at least one of the reported measures should align with the principles used in measuring the corresponding amounts in the consolidated financial statements. And this new AASU is a holiday gift that keeps giving because there's more. The disclosures also require public entities to reveal the title and position of the chief operating decision maker, along with an explanation of how these reported measures are instrumental in assessing segment performance and deciding on resource allocation. For those with just one reportable segment, you're expected to provide all the disclosures required by these amendments and all existing segment disclosures under Topic 280. All public entities will need to adopt these changes starting in annual periods beginning after December 15th, 2023. And we're going to end this week with a recap of the SEC enforcement results. They had a busy year, and they had a total of 784 enforcement actions, marking a 3% increase over the previous year. Standalone enforcement actions, those initiated independently, saw an 8% spike, totaling 501 actions. The focus was broad, ranging from billion-dollar frauds to emerging threats in crypto asset securities and cybersecurity. So what's catching everyone's attention? Well, the SEC cracked down on a range of market participants, from public companies to investment firms and even social media influencers. Their objective was made clear, to enhance oversight of the securities industry and protect investors. Individual accountability remains a priority, with approximately two-thirds of cases involving charges against one or more individuals. A notable number, the SEC barred 133 individuals from serving as officers and directors of public companies, the highest number in over a decade. And what about the whistleblower program? Fiscal year 2023 witnessed a record-breaking year, with whistleblower awards reaching nearly $600 million. Over 18,000 whistleblower tips flooded in, a 50% increase from the previous year. The SEC also continued its focus in the crypto space, which has been discussed throughout our AM Now episodes. They addressed everything from billion-dollar fraud schemes to unregistered offerings. Names like Kraken, Nexo, and even influencers like Kim Kardashian face charges for touting crypto asset securities. And another continued theme this year has been ESG. As we await the final SEC requirements, charges were filed against Deutsche Bank and Goldman Sachs Asset Management for misleading statements about their controls concerning ESG products. As you can see, the SEC's Division of Enforcement has been busy this year. The common themes we saw were focus on accountability, individual responsibility, and adapting to emerging challenges in the quickly evolving financial landscape. And that wraps it up for this week. If you're looking for a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcasts on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Matt Fisser, and we'll see you next week. And since it is the winter, why was the baby jalapeno shivering? It was a little chilly. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.